good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people. Uh, we hope you're hearing this uh, <laughs> because we've had we've had gremlins in our system the past few weeks. Um, so hopefully uh, you'll be you'll be getting the show this week, and we'll be bringing you a review of Central Intelligence. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Boster, and as ever, I am joined by Ian Loring. I'm in my kitchen and I'm pouring myself a Jack and Coke. This is the life. Yes, that is the life. Ian is Ian, Ian. You are you are hitting the Jack and Coke hard again uh, since your your gallant return to it, mate. I've been up since quarter six this morning. I did a nine k run at six o'clock this morning. Damn it! So I fucking deserve this. Jeez, man, really? Yeah. Oh, that brutal. Wasn't the best wake up, I must say, but it's yeah, done. That, it's all that, good. That, that's a hell of a Monday morning. That is. Hmm. Uh, yes, so we're going to bring you um, we're going to bring you Central Intelligence Review. We're going to uh, we probably will just quickly uh, chat about uh, Independence Day sure. uh, resurgence because we did record last week, but unfortunately the audio vanished, um, so we couldn't actually bring you that. So we'll probably just quickly cover that um, in the middle of what we've been watching. Probably uh, we'll actually bring you some uh, what we've been watching, and uh, we might have some questions. We might not, and we'll. Probably go off on some tangents, I would say, as well, at some point, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, Ian, is there anything that we need to discuss before we get into trailers? Um, I don't think so, no. I'm just going to give Lottie some pizza in the hope that she maybe goes away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trailers. Um, yeah, let's tell a bit of trailers. Uh, cool. So... Yeah, I watched a few last night, actually, but I'm finding it hard to remember what they were. Um, okay, yeah, Viral... Um, which is a Blumhouse horror about a worm virus, um, which basically makes it a film I'll probably never watch because that kind of, it's a bit icky for me. Um, <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a little, yeah, that that would weird me out a bit. So I'm probably not going to get around to that. Um, the Childhood of a Leader, um, which is the directorial de- debut of Brady Corbett. Um, All right, which. Looks really interesting. Um, it, it basically seems to be about a kid who grows up to be some sort of fascist dictator, but it's about him as a kid. And okay. it, yeah, I suppose it's like the, the like nature or nurture. What makes them be evil, or is it something inside them, or something? It looks the trailer is really, really atmospheric and the, the music in it is, is pretty great. Like, if it's any indication of the film, it could be it could be either a pretentious mess or something really fucking impressive. Yeah. Um, so, there's that. Um, and, uh, why him? Yeah, yes, yes, I got this one. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, James Franco's interesting, isn't he? Because he spends so much time working on the, like, really arty indie fair. And then every now and then he pulls the the interview or or why him? Um, yeah, and, it, and it, you don't get the feeling like these these are paycheck movies to him at all. These are things that he's chosen to do. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like I really fancy working for, with Brian Cranston. I'll do this. Uh, yeah, I, I think that is literally literally what he does. Um, I, I remember reading you know, the needed home from the. Um, yeah. The Statham one. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing it and about that, and I said, oh, you know, it, it's not what you would usually, the kind of film you would usually make. And um, his response to that was, well, I don't want to be somebody who makes a kind of film. I want to yeah. be somebody who makes 
whatever interests them. And this was a movie that was written by Sylvester Stallone and was starring Jason Statham. And they bothered to ask me if I liked the idea of it. And I thought, yes. Yes, I do like the idea of working on a Stallone script and a James Statham movie. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and good on him. I, I don't know, it looks all right. It's coming out in, like, December, and I could see this being quite a good Christmas, New Year, chill for an hour and a half kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it, why not? It looks derivative, but when did that ever stop a film being all right? Well, that's it. It, it, it looks like... It looks like one of those where you watch it and going, I'm looking at it going, do you know what? Even if that didn't have the people that were in it, in it, I'd still watch it. So... Isn't that just going to elevate it a little bit that it's got Zoe Dutch, um, James Franco, and Brian Cranston in it? Yeah, I think I, I think that's exactly it. And do we know who who's directing it? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it is. Uh, let's have a look. See who it is. Why him? Let's have a look. Oh, fuck you, laptop. Yeah, I think... Uh, John Hamburg. Hello? Who did meet the parents? Was it... Who did, did meet the parents? Yeah, I think he did. And was it like a long cane Polly? Is it that guy? I think it might be, actually, yeah. Uh, he did he, he wrote Meet the Parents uh, directed Long Came Polly, Polly and I Love You Man um, and also wrote Zoolander 2 ok well fine that'll do yeah, yeah so yeah it's alright isn't it yeah I mean why, I mean if, there, if there's something stronger that week I will be watching the stronger thing but if it's a quiet week it'll do yeah, if it's if it's a thing that's on the week before Star Wars or the week after Star yeah, Wars, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll be watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and uh, I think the last thing for me, um, Sully, um, which you know I despised American Sniper as long time listeners know, but I don't like I don't despise Clint Eastwood. It's just what the the sub the the, the subject matter plus director made. I'm more interested in Sully now than I was because it actually looks like there's more. I I, I thought it it was just going to be like, he was a great man, he was a great pilot, blah, blah, blah. But it looks like there's something more to it. I mean, it'll probably turn out in the end, he's a great man, he's a great pilot. But it does look like there's maybe a little bit more question marks in the air. Yeah, I mean, because the whole thing was they were... He's, the, the whole story, I, from what I understand from the brief bits that I read about it at, at the time, was that him and his co-pilot were saying one thing happened, but the uh, when they got the, the tests back, it actually said that that wasn't happen- what happened. Uh, and then the tower was also saying, look, we thought that what they said was happening, was happening, that's the readouts we've got, but now you've taken the plane and said that it wasn't that. But we thought it was, they thought it was, and then somebody else saying, we don't. And it all became a little bit like, right, who's right and who's wrong? Yeah. And this guy was always uh, sort of saying, look, I I acted the way that I acted at the time because I thought that was right. 
if you're now telling me that I wasn't, then okay. But nobody did die, but then again, shit, is that just luck or what's it? I think it could be a really interesting film, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm way more interested in it now than I was before the trailer, which I suppose is kind of the point of a trailer. So, yeah, no, fair, fair play. Fair, I mean, it kind of looks like it's got that September, October, slight, slightly prestige film thing going on and I mean by then we'll probably want something like that so cool yeah you you want something that's a little bit more sit down and think rather than sit down and entertain me yeah yeah no exactly so uh, but yeah that's it for me but I um, yeah I I thought good trailers this week actually yeah I I caught a couple of the ones I caught the first trailer uh, let's see the the first proper full trailer for Bleed uh, for this the uh, Miles Teller boxing movie oh yeah okay yeah I missed this how is it uh, it looks good. It, it's it, it very much sort of sets out the story that it, it's 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 not a fully immersive boxing boxing movie like something like Creed was, for instance. Yeah. Uh, it is the story based on a true story, but it's a guy who he gets injured in a car accident and basically told that he's never going to walk again, but decides that they don't for a walk again. He wants to fight again. Jesus, and it's that against that. So it looks like it could be, it could be good. Yeah, well, apparently, I mean, I remember reading a little bit about it. Uh, I first saw the the teaser. Uh, yeah, he was basically told that they had to um, they had to fuse his spine together, uh, which would give him limited movement. Uh, and if they didn't, he'd probably be paralysed. But it was told we do that the slightest little knock and you know it'll, it'll kick everything out of whack and you will be paralysed and he refused to have it done wow um, so yeah so he's a, he's a tough motherfucker <laughs> yeah um, I mean, is, is that pig headedness or is that courage it's a fine line I think isn't it's, it? It, it it's an absolute fine line it, it's it, it's the stupidity of courage I would say hmm. you know because it, it, it's just as easy for it to not work as it is for it to work hmm. um and um, the second trailer for Bad Moms, which, yeah, uh, not fussed, really. <laughs> uh, and uh, the trailer for Hell or High Water, uh, which looks looks very good, to be honest. It's the uh, yeah, Chris the... and Foster bank robbers one. Yeah, I think I, th- I talked about the first trailer a little while back, actually. Yeah. It played canned, didn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, so there's been some sort of decent stuff sort of coming out. We're starting to get towards the, you know, I think most of the big summer trailers are out of the way now. We're starting to get towards the more the, the, the kind of like that that September to October period. Uh, we're starting to get those trailers kind of eking through a little bit now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, right, so moving on. Um, our feature review uh, this week is of uh, Central Intelligence, uh, the uh, Ross and Marshall Thuba. Further, yeah. I think, but yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, film uh, starring, uh, well, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart, uh, along with a few other people that you go, oh, it's her and it's him, and oh, and they've, they've turned up for cameos, which we'll come to because remember we are all spoilers all of the time. Indeed. Film starts in 1996. Um, 
where uh, The Rock is in a fat suit uh, and is embarrassed by some bullies who throw him out in front of the entire school, uh, completely butt naked. Uh, and the only person who's nice to him is uh, Kevin Hart, Calvin Joyner, who is like the the king of the school, who gives him his Letterman jacket to cover his uh, modesty. And then we fast forward 20 years um, to... Kevin Hart's character is a uh, accountant who's not really that thrilled with the way his life has turned out, even though it doesn't seem that bad. Uh, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson works for the CIA, but is kind of on the run. We'll get more into the plot as we go through. But Ian, Central Intelligence, uh, what did you think? I had a lot of fun with this. Um, yeah, I mean, like... It's no, the story is certainly no great shakes, and I, I, I preferred it when The Rock was straight up weird in the first half of the film. I think they dial that down as it goes on. Um, but uh, yeah, I had I had a, a, a very good time with it. I thought Kevin Hart was less screechy than he usually is, which was nice. Um, I, I enjoyed the cameos. The, the Aaron Paul one I thought was interesting because I, I was a little. The fair play, I didn't see, I, I didn't expect him coming back into it. I thought it was just a random, let's just get a famous person to be The Rock's partner for 10 seconds. Um, so I was a little, I say the plot's no great shakes, but I didn't guess that he was the Black Badger. So maybe that's more a comment on me, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I, sorry, go on. To be honest, once, again, once, once Aaron Paul was his partner, I did think, yeah, he's going to come back in a little later. Okay, fair just, enough. I just thought it was a, it, he's going to blink and you'll miss it. I thought it, I just thought it was a random like Aaron Paul's his partner, and like just the way like I, I thought his thing was going to be like when the rocks like see you on the other side, he's like, I love that guy. You know, I just <laughs> I, I kind of thought that was just going to be his thing, but um, no, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the rock is doing some MVP comedic work here. Um, some of the shit he says is fantastic. Sexy as dick. As soon as he came out with that, I was like, right, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in all the way. Um, it's just very fun. Manages to just about not outstay its welcome. Um, I, it's it's touch and go, I, I, I think, slightly um, with that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I... It, it, it was a very much sit down, relax, have some fun film, and I, I, I apparently there there will be a sequel, and I'm I'm really up for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much the same to be honest. Um, I, I, it's I think it does not outstay its welcome, but I think it, it could have been polished up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It does get towards the end. I was going on. It wasn't sort of the later end of the middle. I was going. I kind of want you to hurry up a little bit now. I'm not getting bored, but I'm I'm on it's, the cusp of getting worn out by it a little bit. It's um, the, J- the Jason Bateman bit. I, I I kind of understand why they're doing that for The Rock's character, but it's a little bit like, right, okay, so here's the five minutes where Jason Bateman is a dickhead, it's just, yeah. but it's not the gift where they're at, like, that's actually quite a turning point for his character. He's just a dick. Yeah, yeah. There was there was little bits like that. I think throughout where you, you just felt that it could have been polished up a little bit. Um, I think that you said. I think the first half is, is a lot stronger than the second half. However, I think the first sort of once I don't know. It, it, 
once Kevin Hart kind of settled into his character a little bit, it got a little bit better. And because there was a good kind of like in the first 15, 20 minutes where the punchline to literally every single Kevin Hart joke was, well, no, I'm black. And it was like, you've done that three or four times now. Uh, she did it with the 16 candles. Did it with something's name and something like that. And I did mm. think a little bit like, is, is that going to be his go-to line? Every third joke is, no, I'm, I'm, I'm black. Because it got a little bit worn down by then. Mm. I'd love the fact that that that, that, that the, the Rock's character wasn't a, he wasn't playing a part. part. Yeah. He was just like that. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I, it's, the, the the way that he is just a very, very sweet Which I thought guy. was a fantastic way to, to kind of frame that character, because at some point he's going to Oh yeah, I lost that. No, sorry. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just a really nice guy who just happens to be in the CIA and happens to be really good at his job. Mm. And also the fact that they don't explain the fact that he just literally turns up places <laughs> and just disappears. Yeah, and yeah. He no. really get, get acknowledged that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I, that, that kind of stuff, I liked how random that was. One thing, and I know the plot of this film, you should not pull apart that much, but again, the Jason Bateman bit. Why does he give him those transaction numbers? There's no reason why... Because he like he's playing a joke on him and taking the piss out of them, but he still gives them those numbers anyway, and I don't get... Why he do that. Yeah, apart from yeah. the fact that they need it to move the plot along. But... Um, you know, it, it's it's central intelligence, which, by the way, has the greatest tagline of, of the last several years. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it just, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, the, the fact that uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, over The Rock is, is just a nice, weird guy. It, it, I mean, it, it's, I mean it's, it's awesome. And I... I I back up the guy's on fire, but it's which is it which, really is. which is really interesting because for a while there, it did kind of seem like he's not quite he's not quite doing it, and I think it was around about Fast Five um, where he did he did that and he did GI Joe Retaliation uh, and and like he was deemed franchise Viagra and 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 then it just kind of seemed to kick off from there where suddenly you put the rock in your film and you're kind of guaranteed a certain amount. I mean, it, it was... Because, like you say, for a while it seemed like it, it, it might not happen for him. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, it was... Because he did that... Um, like, he, he signed some sort of contract where he had to make, like, five films in a row that couldn't be rated R. Um, so he did, like, The Tooth Fairy and uh, Escape from Witch Mountain... Uh, yeah. And, oh God, I, and I swear, I, I swear there was some others sprinkled in there, but where he was kind of try, weirdly trying to go for the family audience, and it's like now he's just, and but I mean before that he was in Doom, you know, and he was in the Scorpion King, and it, it was either meathead action all the way, one quadrant, like teenage yeah. boy, or family audience, and it seems like now he's managed to actually get there and, and while I don't think you're ever going to see The Rock winning an Oscar no it does it feel like he's found his thing but there's enough variety within the thing the thing is he's, he is now quite simply the biggest movie star on the planet 
Mm. He, he, he's that. He's a proper... In an age where where we've gone down the road of being blockbuster-orientated and, and the actual... The, the film or the studio um, or the effects or whatever have become the stars. Dwayne Johnson has kind of put himself in that position of going, no, I, this is we've got a genuine movie star. And something like Central Intelligence absolutely proves that. Because Central Intelligence is the type of thing where if this was, if this was an Adam Sandler movie, it would have bombed at the box office. But it didn't. Well, the do-over is not dissimilar. No, it's not. It, it's not dissimilar. And, and that's Netflix. Of- and if I came out in the cinema, it wouldn't have done well. You know, I, I mean, so, I, yeah, I think you've got an example there to prove your point. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, something like, for instance, um, San Andreas. Mm. It, you know, with somebody else uh, as a lead there... You know that film could have uh, could have sort of bombed because again, you know, it, that was a that was a, a blockbuster, not a a huge tentpole blockbuster. But no way you cannot say it wasn't a blockbuster. It was a blockbuster that, that had no. It didn't come from a young adult novel. It didn't come from a child's book. It wasn't a remake of an old Disney movie, and it wasn't a superhero movie. Yet it still pulled in. Near five hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean that that that's the but thing. He, he, Sorry. Yeah, he, he's he. You know, with um, Dwayne Johnson, is you get Dwayne Johnson as well. You get him doing the, the promotional work for it, and he he puts it in, and he's a nice guy, and he's charismatic, and he goes on everything, and he will literally just go right in a PR machine mode. And that means the PR for Central Intelligence has been fantastic. And it has got people to the point of going, do you know what? They're great in interviews, them two together. Why don't I want to go and see an hour and 45 minutes of that? That's exactly it. And I mean, it's... Going back to San Andreas, I mean, I remember when that came out, and it, it did seem like this is, this is the test for The Rock, mm. because, like you say, it's not a franchise. And... He, he did it. He opened a film and he opened it well. And I, I think in the US with Central Intelligence, you have the Kevin Hart audience as well, which there is an audience for Kevin Hart over here, but it's not nearly as big as, no. um, as, as the audience in the US. And yet over here, I think it did uh, $3 million over a five-day weekend, which... Um, considering you also had Ab Fab the movie, which is for a different audience... Um, and uh, Secret Life of Pets. Obviously, but then also The Secret Life of Pets. You, yeah, exactly. You had some very, very, very heavy <laughs> hitters around. And, and, let me, and let me tell you, uh, I went to the cinema and I went to the 10.35 screening uh, at Central Intelligence on Sunday morning. <laughs> and usually, for anything, literally anything, going at that time of morning on a Sunday is quiet. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say Central Intelligence was, was busy, because it wasn't busy, but there was a fair amount of people in there. I'd say it was maybe a third full, which isn't bad for that time of morning, and it wasn't on one of the really small screens. It wasn't on one of the huge ones, it was on one of the medium-sized uh, screens. But the place was round for Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely, every till was on, and every till was about five or six people deep. No, I mean that. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's not a surprise. I mean, 
to be fair, if Lottie was a little bit older, I, 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 you know, I'd be taking her to see the Secret Life of Pets on a Sunday morning. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's kind of catnip for kids that kids that age, and it's not a surprise. But I, it, yeah, I, it just again, it's for it's further evidence of the rock. And like you like you said, he works the shit out of it. Like he does as much promotion as God gives, and but he doesn't do it in a way that it, I mean. I suppose social media is kind of a, um, a factor in this, but he doesn't do it in the way that Schwarzenegger used to just be like, this film is the greatest film I've ever done. The next film, this is, film is the greatest film I've ever done. You know, it's I, I, he, he just seems to have fun with it. Yeah, he does. He seems, he, he seems to really be enjoying uh, what he's doing, really, uh, and enjoying being... being in the position he's in, and you get the feeling where for for Dwayne Johnson, where he knows he's a smart guy. I think he knows I've got eight years, maybe, of, of, of been on top. Yeah, and he'll want to get in, get that done. And if it starts to, once it starts to move, he's not making as much money. I don't think he's going to end up going down the route of straight to DVD or just doing, you know, going into studios and saying, no, yeah, but don't, don't you, don't you forget, I gave you San Andreas and San Andreas 2 and five different fast movies. He does seem like the kind of guy who's very much, he's loving the ride, but when it starts to come to an end, he'll, he'll hop off nicely and go, do you know what? I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd certainly like to think so. And, uh, I, just, I'm moving it back to the film slightly, just because like mm. we've, we've gone on one of our lovely detours, which I do like. But I would very much like Central Intelligence to to have a strong portion of Melissa McCarthy. I, The Rock and Melissa McCarthy as a couple together would be fascinating. I want to see more of that. Oh, no. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, where did I cut off? Uh, you were saying about Melissa McCarthy, but it's saying that you'd like to, to have a, a strong Melissa McCarthy uh, presence. Yeah, I've... I would very much like the sequel to have a fair bit of The Rock and Melissa McCarthy together because that was some weird chemistry, which I think could be very funny. Yeah, you could you could definitely see it being something where that could happen. Because <laughs> the thing is, they, they've done really well to have done as well as they've done with this movie, as is now. When you go to the next one, you kind of you've got to take it up to the next level, mm-hmm. and I think throwing Melissa McCarthy in there that takes it up to the next level, and it now you, you're essentially you're broadening the scope of, of what you can go for, especially if the sequel to this comes out, let's say next year, because then you're going to have you know Dwayne Rock off the back of this, whilst you've also got uh, the next uh, Fast movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Angela also have Melissa McCarthy being where she is now, plus the added bonus of her Ghostbusters as well. Mm. Because, you know, whether or not people like that movie or, or, or not, it's going to make a lot of money. There's there's no denying that. Yeah, no, exactly. I, it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I've got a feeling they probably will um, strike while the iron is, is hot. 
you know, yeah. like, the nature year after at a push, there'll be central intelligence too. But then again, he's um, he's very busy. Is is the rock, isn't he? So who knows? He, yeah, he is. He's got. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's he's just coming to the. Well, he's, he's finished Baywatch, I believe, mm-hmm. and they've just started uh, Fast Eight. Yes. He, 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 he actually he, he put a photo on Instagram of him um, flexing in front of a car. <laughs> which is what we want. Which is what well, we want. Pat? Which is what we want. Oh, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, it's great. The, 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 I love I the fact that the unicorn thing was never explained in Central Intelligence. <laughs> The fact that he just, he had a unicorn t-shirt on him, just like, yeah, I really like unicorns. Yeah, no, well, he was like, well, they're magical, aren't they? You know, yeah, man, they're <laughs> really magical. Uh, and that, the that's most dangerous it. animal on the planet. Uh, that, that, yeah, yeah, on the, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> That'll it's do. Just, That'll do. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's, I mean, I'm definitely not shit with it. Um, it, it, it seems like we've not talked about that much because there's not actually that much to talk about because a lot of the film, quite literally, is Dwayne Rock Johnson just telling Kevin Hart how great he is while just being looking really impressed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a definitely not shit. Uh, definitely not shit. Uh, and I'll have a, I think I, I only put the uh, the poll out to our uh, Twitter uh, voices uh, about about two hours ago, so. There's not been that many. Uh, we've had seven votes coming so far. It's 57% definitely not shit and 43% shit. Boom. Well, I, th- I, th- I think we're just a little bit too nice, I think. Uh, so, Ian, um, what have you been watching uh, this week? What have I been watching? All right. I'm just finishing off from pizza. Tangent. It's my first frozen pizza in a good long while. It was a bit of an emergency tea situation tonight. Frozen pizza can get fucked. No, frozen pizza. Frozen pizza. Right. Fresh pizza. Lovely. Cooks really quickly. Lovely and soft. Frozen pizza. The toppings kind of seem to just kind of fall off. The base... It's just a bit spongy and a bit damp. And I, it does the job. The thing is, as as is the, the parlance of accepted society, the worst pizza is still above your minimum re- required enjoyment level for food. Well, it is, isn't it? it, it it's the, 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 the thing, isn't it? There's, there's no such thing as bad pizza, a bad blowjob, or a bad donut. Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, the thing is, even I've just finished this bit, and there was, well, the last of it, and there was dough, but no topping, and it was just a bit wet, and that, that was a bad ending to a pizza. <laughs> yeah. The whole yeah, that, thing... That, that's not a great ending to a pizza. No, like, the whole thing overall was a six out of ten, so it's, it, you know, it's a mild recommend. It's definitely not shit, but it's close to touching cloth on my personal scale. Which is, which, is, which is a good one. It's something you've ingested. No, and it's, you know, and it's pizza. You know, it's it's something you shouldn't have every day. And I kind of only really allowed myself to have it because I went on that run this morning. And it's undone all the good work from that run, but fuck it, I'm tired. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's it. So I'm just going to wash it down with a nice bit of uh, bourbon, a nice bit of Coke, and then we're going to get cracking on this mother. Um, so... 
Talking about The Rock, I rewatched Hercules. All right, yeah. Which uh, we reviewed on the show a couple years back. Yeah. And uh, it's on Netflix, and it remains really fun. I think it's probably Brett Ratner's best film. Um, it's pacey. I like the fact that it never gives a definitive answer as to whether um, Hercules is it, like is actually a demigod or not. Um, I mean, it, well, it kind of... I suppose it kind of does, because in the start, actually thinking about it, you see him as a kid, and he's choking out some snakes, and he's, like, free. So maybe that's something. But it also has one of the... I forgot the last line of the film. But the last line, I'm just... I tweeted it. And I'm just going to pull it up, because I forgot about this. I don't even remember mentioning it on the show originally. But it's Ian McShane in a voiceover. Um, now... Right, so that was Monday. Yeah, Ian McShane, so like they're kind of talking about the legend and whatnot, and and how he prefers the real story. And he says, "But what do I know? I'm supposed to be dead by now," which I think is a pretty great last line for a film. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember that bit because like that, like Ian McShane has a subplot of how like he's foreseen his death and he's waiting for his death and it just never happens um, yeah. so yeah there, there's that and um, yeah I mean The Rock's really charming in it the action's um, pretty great and it's like what 95 minutes long um, it, it, it kind of gets in gets out I I would have watched the sequel no problem um and I, I noticed as well, actually, uh, uh, Kevin Hart actually refers to The Rock in Central Intelligence as Hercules at some point, um, which which I thought was fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it's I that film just seemed to get forgotten, and I don't think it quite deserves that. It's 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 fun. It's fun. I, I mean, the production value is is all there as well. I mean, it lo- it looks great. So. Yeah, Hercules. If you, if you haven't seen it, you know, it's on Netflix UK. It'll only take an hour and a half or so. Uh, well worth it. Um, so, um, on movie, I uh, watched um, something. I watched Stalag 17, um, which is directed by Billy Wilder from, uh, I think, 1953, I want to say. And um, it's basically set in a prisoner of war camp uh, during World War Two, where it's essentially the day-to-day comedic shenanigans of a bunch of POWs mixed with a very serious traitor-in-our-midst plot, um, where a man is suspected of being a traitor, like basically selling secrets to the Nazis, but is he or is he not? But it's mixed with this kind of like comedy knockabout stuff about uh, two of the guys trying to like sneak into a woman's camp and and a general like pissing about as well. So it's a really interesting mix of the uh, of, of two different genres, and it it works really well. And considering that it was like from 1953, you know, not that far removed from World War Two, but they're already putting in like comedy into this stuff as well it's it, it's it's it was really impressive um I, I i i loved it um two hours absolutely flies by 
And there's a sequence which reveals a plot twist, which is all done in one take. And it's this celebration, but then you notice something in the background and it's kind of shown more and more. And then it becomes rather upsetting because of what is revealed juxtaposed against this, like, drunken celebration. And it's really, really masterful direction, which is not a surprise with Billy Wilder. Um, So, yeah, it's not on movie uh, anymore now. It it expired last week. Um, But Stalag 17, it's uh, really, really, really worth a watch. Have you seen it? I've not, no, unfortunately, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of track it down and try and try and get it watched in the next few weeks, actually, because yeah. it does sound really quite good, actually. Yeah, no, you should, man. It's um, it, a great piece of work, great piece of work. Um, so uh, I watched The Programme, uh, which is on oh, Amazon Prime like? now. Um, yeah, so, uh, which uh, a friend of the show, uh, Bradley Porter, worked on, um, so it's always nice to see his name in credits, and... Um, yeah, so for those who don't know, it's uh, basically a, 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 a dramatisation of the, the Lance Armstrong kind of scandal, going from um, him starting to cycle through to um, the Oprah Winfrey interview, essentially. Um, and it follows him, but also Chris O'Dowd, who played the uh, journalist who um, kind of doubted him early on in, but then got sued and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, to be honest... If you want to watch a, a film about this story, watch The Armstrong Lie, the Alex Gibney documentary. Um, but this is fine. Um, ben Foster is very good. Uh, Dennis Munache, um, who played the farmer that Christoph Waltz uh, interrogates the starving glorious bastards, and is in uh, Brad's short film, which is going to be out later in the year, uh, Miracle on Canary Wharf. Um, you've seen that, haven't you? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. A very, very it's good. very good, actually, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, Dennis Minashe is also in that. But, um... And listen... Oh, shit. Sorry, my Siri just, my Siri just decided to start talking. Oh, fair play, sorry. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, it's... But, I mean, the acting is very good, but it... I don't know. It's only, like, an hour and 40 minutes long, and it, it kind of feels like it's rushing through a lot of stuff. Like, um... Armstrong's... <laughs> There's a scene where Armstrong is basically come on to by a girl, and then it cuts to them being married, and then I don't think you ever see her again. <laughs> and it's, it's a little bit like, right, okay, so we're not going to have... I suppose it's kind of nice in a way that we don't have the scene where the wife kind of, like, it, it interrogates him for um, using drugs or whatever, but again, it's like, well, what was the point of that then? Um, and Chris O'Dowd is the journalist. It's basically... He likes Armstrong, he suspects Armstrong, he accuses Armstrong, he's sued by Armstrong, he's vindicated, done. That 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 that's it. It's very, very bare bones. It and it it, it, it all feels unnecessary. Like I don't know when production started in terms of the timeline of when the uh, Gibney documentary came out, but the Armstrong lie is really interesting because mainly because it's Gibney was filming Armstrong's like rec- like his like coming back from cancer and like his work with Livestrong and stuff like his charity and stuff like that and then like all the stuff kicks off and then Armstrong is interviewed by Gibney after and it's Gibney talking about how he felt kind of personally betrayed and all that stuff and there's a really interesting personal angle to it mm. but this is just here you go this is what happened <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've not seen it yet, so I'll take a comment. But I, I did look at it and think, 
it seems like they've rushed to tell a story while it was still hot. Yeah, at the much. detriment of the story. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, and I, I mean, which is a shame because Ben Foster obviously worked his fucking balls off, um, and I, I wish it was better material. Um, screenplays by um, John Hodge, who uh, wrote Trainspotting, um, and oh, yeah. well, the screenplay was Trainspotting, and I think he wrote Shallow Grave, and um, I expect better, to be honest. Um, so yeah, uh, it. Mildly disappointing, but it's on Amazon Prime. It's a hundred minutes. It's worth it for the performances. But yeah, yeah, mildly disappointing. A um, couple other things on movie, and it literally expires tonight. Um, so you're fucked if you listen to this. Um, but Murder by Death, um, which really, really interesting thing. It's basically Clue, but with, like, homages to fake detectives instead of characters from Cluedo. Okay. Um, so this is the one that I, I, I sent you the image from WhatsApp of Truman Capote in a moose head. Yes. Um, so it, it, it's basically, um, Peter Falk is doing, like, Humphrey Bogart in a film... Um, and David Niven is doing a, like, charismatic, suave English detective. Um, oh, there are other famous people in it, but my mind is going really, really blank. Um, I mean, Maggie Smith's in it, for, um, and, and, like, I don't know, this film's, like, 30 years old, and Maggie Smith already seems like she's slightly getting on a bit, and it just makes you think, shit, Maggie Smith cannot be with us that much longer. Um, and yeah, there a bunch of detectives are invited by a, a mysterious rich man played by Truman Capote um, to his mansion for dinner and a murder. Where Truman Capote basically says, "At the stroke of midnight, one of you is going to murder somebody else in this room." And you're not going to be able to fu- you're not going to be able to solve it. And this is going to prove that I am the greatest like criminal mind that I have been able to devise something so fiendish. Um, but it turns into Drew and Capote like in a moose head and um, really silly knockabout jokes and puns for an hour and a half and slightly racist interpretations of Chinamen. Um, actually, Chinamen's not really an accepted term. Chinese men. But he is a China man in the context of this film, if, if, if you get what I mean, like the stereotype. Um, and it, I quite enjoyed it. It's mental, um, and... I don't know what Truman Capote... Truman Capote won a Golden Globe for his performance, um, which is quite something, because it literally seems like he's reading his lines just off camera for every single line. Um, which he probably was. Which he probably was. Um, but, hey. Um, and, but I quite enjoyed it. I watched it with a bit of a hangover, and it was an hour and a half of fun, and... Did, the ending was pretty solid. Um, 
it almost does the clue thing of almost multiple endings as well. It's, um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was, it was an interesting watch. Um, I recommend it, um, but only if you're of a certain comic persuasion. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, lastly, I started my look through Akira Kurosawa's filmography, which I'm, I'm planning on doing um, articles on the uh, on DudeInTheMonkey.com um, for. Uh, so this was Shanshiro Sugata, is yes. how I'm going with it. Uh, which I, I, I enjoyed, even though the film says at the start that it was edited because of the Japanese government's... Um, wartime entertainment policies um, and that Toho Film Company couldn't restore the original footage so the version that I watched I haven't done enough reading up about it at this time I, I literally finished watching it today but they, 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 it seemed to suggest that this was the only surviving version that there was and there seems to be quite a sizable chunk taken out of it which is explained in on-screen text, but there's a female character who comes into it who feels like she would have been a much bigger part of it if this footage was in there, maybe. Um, so basically, it, it concerns a, uh, a, 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 a judo uh, practitioner, um, Shanshiro, who... Um, basically starts practicing judo under a master and he's young and kind of pig-headed and arrogant and and fiery-tempered and he basically has to learn to be chill yet still kick ass and that's it really it's only it's only an hour and 18 minutes long but you can already see kurosawa's eye in this like Within the first five minutes, you've got really interesting stuff where um, shots are told as if you're the person and someone someone's talking at you, um, and the, the battle scenes are really well staged. Like it's quite, you get wide like wide shots that feel in the mind's eye that, that like they're larger than the four free frame than they actually are. But because I don't know, just because it's so cinematic and sweeping, quite literally at the end, there's a lot of wind going on that it, it feels like it's more Leone-esque. Um, and um, it, I, I enjoyed it more for its cinematic flair, which for a film that's like getting on for, for 75 years old is a he- hell of a thing to say um, that, than its story. Though I did like Shanshiro himself. He, um, he's got a bit of the um, Lon Chaney in The Wolfman kind of almost lovable big guy who almost doesn't know his own strength at times um, and Takashi Shimura is in it as well as um, uh, an, an older um, practitioner who um, uh, Sanchiro fights at, at one point but they, they have quite a loving relationship towards the end of the film And I, I mean you've seen this haven't you? I have seen it yeah, yeah, yeah. what did you think? Um, I really enjoyed it as like an intro to well, as the intro to uh, to Kurosawa. It's like Kurosawa's sort of first film. You, you can tell there's there's that there is the building work certainly of somebody who is going to go on to do better things yeah. and going to do really good things. There's some really nice shots. There's some really nice sort of quite wide shots. And the frame is there. And it's, it 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 works well as a film. It's not. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and it, it, it's. 
it's certainly, if you're going to categorise, if you're going to list um, Kurosawa's movies in order, it would be towards sort of the bottom. But it, it's still a really, really interesting watch, um, mainly because it, the, the interactions are very good um, and the, the kind of the sort of little flickering tensions that are there are, are very nice. And you can see... You can see quite simply where um, to where the level of where Kurosawa was an influence on people like Sergio Leone. You can see it as far back as, as this. Totally. Um, and you, you know when you consider that it, the people that he's influenced, it, 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 one of the things that is really you can go back to with Kurosawa is. Although people, certain people, might not have, have watched a lot of his movies or anything like that. You wouldn't have films like they are now had it not been for the, the work of someone like Akira Kurosawa. That's why he's so interesting going back and watching some of his early stuff, and especially not just his earlier stuff, but uh, watching stuff that isn't, you know, things like, for instance, Seven Samurai and uh, Rashomon and, um, you know, the, the, the big movies, um, the, the movies that, you know, that, that a lot of people know, etc. Um, you know, your Jimbo and things like that. They're they're, so, they're fantastic movies, and they are up there with with his best movies without question. That's the reason why they're lauded. But what's interesting going back and because uh, I did this very similar thing that you're doing uh, a number of years ago, I bought a Kurosawa the, the Kurosawa box set that they brought out, um, and I went through them all then uh, in in order. Uh, and so it was interesting, sort of getting the ones that that you, that you were expecting, that you were maybe going, do you know what? I'm going to watch this, but I'm actually looking forward to the next movie I'm watching. And then going, oh, holy shit, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pumped. I, I, I've seen a lot of the big hitters, but not absolutely all of them. So I'm really looking forward to going back through them. And I, I'm going to watch all of them. Mm. I'm going so to got the, the most beautiful next, I think, haven't you? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that sounds right, actually. Um, so it, I, I think it's a little while until I'm actually going to start getting to the ones he's most known for. I'm particularly looking forward to rewatching High and Low, um, which it, which is fucking great. Yes, uh, yeah. And, and um, I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to rewatching all the ones that I've watched before. But yeah, High and Low, I particularly just because it's not it's not one of the ones that's that's talked about all that often. But uh, I, I, I fuck it, I'll, I'll talk about it in coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, my, my one that I'm looking forward to seeing what you've seen uh, out of a lot of them is, um, you know, obviously the, the big ones, but is the Lower Depths, which is fantastic. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's a, that, I was blown away by that. Nice. Yeah, I, it's, I'm really looking forward to this, and I, I hope people do get a chance to um, uh, check out the articles once I um, get them written. Um, I'll have the first one up this week. Sweet, sweet. Uh, so yeah, that, 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 yeah, sorry, yeah, that, that's it for me. Crack on, buddy. Cool. I'll rattle through mine, then we'll we'll do a quick bit on uh, on, on Day. Um, I um, the other week I bought the Rocky soundtrack, Rocky Four, sorry, soundtrack, okay. um, and was listening to it while we were eating dinner uh, the other night, uh, <laughs> and then decided. Oh, I, I wish I ate dinner at your house. Sorry. Huh? 
I wish I ate dinner at your house. Well, that, we, we all sort of sit around. We try and do it at least sort of five nights a week. Uh, we all try to have dinner at the same time and have a table and we've got the record player in the corner. So it, it's whatever goes on. And that night it happened to be we put Rocky, the Rocky Four soundtrack on. Uh, took me and Becky decided, do you know what? Okay, we're going to watch Rocky Four nice. uh, on that night. Um, it, it's still fantastic, Rocky Four. Every time you watch it, it it's, it's a sort of movie where I think if I watched it once a year, it might start to wear me down a little bit. But if I do it where I watch it like every two, three years, like I do, uh, it, it, it still has all its impact and it still works. And you still find yourself, and I've watched this movie dozens of times, but I still find myself getting to the edge of my seat when the, the fight's starting and getting all emotional um, when No Easy Way Out montage starts. And it's great the fact that, that from the moment where you know, Rocky announces that he's going to fight in, in Russia to the end of the movie. From there to the, well, really to the end of the movie, it, it, it's just a collection of montages strung together by a, a couple of little scenes. Yeah. And that's oh, oh God, yeah, I know. I mean, you've got the bit where Rocky go, goes to leave to train and it's the one montage and then Adrian comes and surprises him and it goes straight into Hearts on Fire. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you literally, you have, you have Rocky, Adrian telling Rocky, and one thing that is always, always comes across in the Rocky films is how much of a fucking downer Adrian is. She's such a dick. Oh, no, yeah, because she's like, oh, don't do it, Rocky, don't do it, and then he leaves, and it's... Because yeah, yeah. she's like, you, you can't win, you can't win. Yeah. He's like, well, I, 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 I've got to try. And then you get no easy way out montage, and then you get... It goes into another montage, and then it goes at Hearts on Fire montage. Then the fight is essentially a montage yeah, of fight yeah, scenes. Yeah. And then the film ends with Rocky um, ending the Cold War, which is, which is which is now in Britain as my version of history. That's what happened. Rocky ended. Whether or not it was real or not, mm. he did. Russians watched it and went, you know what? We're not, we're not too different. Americans watched it and went, you know what? If Rocky can forgive him, then we can forgive him. I mean, if, it, if it wasn't Rocky Four, it would be embarrassing. But, but it it's works. Rocky Four. It does. It, ju- it just works. It's an incredible soundtrack, and it's it's just a brilliant, brilliant movie. You know, it, it gets away with it, like you say, by being Rocky Four. Oh, mate, I mean, it's got Happy Birthday Party. Yep. I, hang on, didn't we do a commentary for this? I think we did, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty we sure did. we did. Yeah. Um, I, I know we did it, because we did all the Rocky films, didn't we? Fuck. I, uh, yeah, but I literally think... Oh, man, I'm going to have to look this up now. I think you have to look it up. Right, uh, I'll go through what else uh, yeah, yeah, I Yeah, yeah, do watched. it, do it, do it. Uh, I watched Narc, um, Joe Cannon's pro- proper first movie. Um, and I haven't watched this since I... I I accidentally bought this, uh, Narc, and in saying that I accidentally bought it... Oh, what the fuck? We did a commentary for Rocky Five. Rocky Five, did we? Wow. I don't even... I mean, it says drunk commentary. I don't remember that. I think I do, actually. I'm going to have to listen back to that. March 2013, we did a commentary of Rocky Five. Oh, man. I bet that's great to listen to. Bloody (laughs) hell. Um, I think I do remember that actually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Narc. I accidentally bought in the fact that I was in a rush and I was in uh, ASDA, and I went to pick something else up off the shelf that I'd seen, 
and I threw it in the in the basket. Um, and then when we got to the to uh, the, the checkout, I said to Bex, "I need to go to the toilet. I am busting for the loo. Can you put this through, and I'll I'll, I'll meet you in the car." And then it wasn't like I got home and I unpacked the shopping and went, "What the hell's that?" And it was Narc, and I picked the wrong movie. Oh well, still. So I thought, fuck it. Uh, you know, it sounds quite good, actually. So watched it, and I, that was in sort of 2002, 2003. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's fucking fantastic. So it's been a good sort of 10, 12 years since I watched it. Um, and still a huge Carnahan fan. Uh, we, I know we both are. Uh, we talk about you know, quite a bit, actually, on the podcast. Um, but, yeah, you know, really on Jason Patrick. Um, also, Buster Rhymes is in it as well. Um, I don't remember that. Shit, okay. Yeah, so you've, you've, you've seen that then, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've seen Mark. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, Jason Patrick plays a, um, an undercover narcotics agent who, at the start of the movie, he's chasing down um, a drug dealer, and he, and this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the fucking first three or four minutes of the film, um, he shoots the guy, but as he's shooting the guy, he accidentally shoots a pregnant woman. Um and so he kind of leaves the force. They're not quite saying it's, it's his fault, but it's kind of, look, we don't know whether we blame you or not, but what we will say is we can't have you on the force. He's then given an opportunity to get back on the force uh, by looking at and investigating the murder of a fellow police officer. And he states, well, I can only do it if this Henry Oak guy who's been doing the investigation before me uh, is back on board with it. And it turns out that really Otto's character Henry Oak has a little bit more to do with it than you might imagine. Uh, it's gritty as fuck. Literally, you have to keep blinking to get bits of grit out of your eyes throughout <laughs> the entire movie. Uh, there's a lot of shaky cam. You can actually... it's When you're watching it, you, you can actually see... Um, that it did have a bit of a troubled sort of production and it ran into to budgeting problems. Uh, and I think that, that Patrick and uh, really ended up kind of foregoing, I think, half their salaries for uh, for the movie uh, just to get it made. Uh, that really Otto said it was literally, he said the choice was either the movie shuts down uh, and Joe Carnahan probably never gets a career or me and Jason kind of, work so, yeah. for nothing effectively yeah. he said and normally fuck it it's a studio movie normally I wouldn't have done it he said but I really like Joe he's a really good guy and he was making a really good movie so we kind of had to do it yeah. and Jason Patrick and uh, really are both fantastic there's an interrogation scene where towards the end where essentially they've got two uh, gangbangers strapped to chairs and really are is, is, is interrogating him. He goes out of the room and Jason Patrick starts re-interrogating him to try and find out what the fuck's going on and everything seems to be going to shit. Um, and it's 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 a tough watch at points. It, it's certainly got a lot going on, but I um, thoroughly enjoyed my uh, rewatch of NARC. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a movie. Very nice, man. Um, so what else did I watch uh, I'll, I'll cover one of the, the lesser ones now, not lesser movies but one of the more lighter movies uh, I watched the um, Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick movie uh, Mr. Wright uh, which was written by Max Landis um, and also stars Tim Roth yeah. uh, so 
Sam Rothwell uh, plays Mr. Wright, also known as Francis, uh, who is a, a hitman. But he's a reverse hitman. He gets hired to kill people, and then he kills the people who's hi- who have hired him because murder is wrong. I'm out. Like, I, I, I just reverse hitman written by Max Landis. I let me like right. Sell it to me, Mark. Come on. And, and I, I will agree with you. This movie. This movie is by no means not perfect. It's 92 minutes long, which is good for it. It's, it's by no means not perfect. It's by no means perfect, I mean. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, and you'll like this, the, yeah. uh, the open credits, how it gives you the title is oh. Sam Rockwell oh. literally dances the title onto the screen. Is it, is it, is it taking up the whole of the screen? It's taken up pretty much the whole of the screen. Well, and he okay. the right, title but... into the screen. And at one point, he actually then reverse dances a little bit and the title disappears a little bit and then comes back as he dances. Sam Rockwell's character, right, the reason why he's so good at what he's doing um, and he's so good at being a hitman um, is because he's worked out that there's a fluidity and there's a movement in everything and he's worked out how to tap into that fluidity and tap into that movement so he can quite literally he can predict where things are going to happen and he does this by dancing so he quite literally fight dances people to death whilst just being Sam Rockwell but okay alright just is it good is it good does it actually work Yes, because it was Sam Rockwell. Because okay, Sam yes. Rockwell is, is, is so charismatic and is so enjoyable all of the time that it works. For instance, amongst the gang of people that are trying to kill him, the RZA is one of them. And the RZA, its character is called Steve. But Steve seems to have problems with whether or not he actually wants to try and kill Sam Rockwell's character. So Sam Rockwell quite literally just treats him like he's his friend. <laughs> okay. And he's like, when he tries to he's like, I'm really disappointed in you, Steve, but I still like you. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, Steve's at one point, he's eating some green bears, like, can I have one of those? Have you got any green ones? And it's just, just Sam Rockwell and just the ultimate charisma machine that he is. Just every time you're thinking, this film's dumb. Yeah. This film is, 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 is dumb and it doesn't make sense. And I, I don't know what he's dancing. There we go. All right, he's dancing. <laughs> just starts to just get back on you. It's it's a thoroughly it's a thoroughly watchable seven out of ten. How's Kendrick? Because I know you're the, not a massive fan of hers. Pam? How's how's Kendrick? She's Anna Kendrick in it. Yeah, no. she's the same in everything. I, I'm not a massive fan of Anna Kendrick. Um, and had this been anybody else but Rockwell in the title role, I think I'd have probably despised it to be honest but it's not it's Sam Rothwell and Tim Roth plays the the main guy who's hunting him down um, and he's he's also very very good in it okay <laughs> he, he just plays a dick okay uh, so yeah it, it, I would say it, it's worth a watch because I think if you don't get on with Rockwell then I think there's something wrong with you uh, I'm inclined to agree with that yeah um, I also watched uh, Demolition uh, the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, one. Um, 
This is you were looking forward to this as well, weren't you? Yes, I was yeah, very yeah. much looking forward to this because um, Jake Donnell currently is, I think, is is he's on fire. I think he's doing some some really interesting, really fantastic work. Um, and this is this is this is absolutely my wheelhouse. This is a man being broken down, um, but. It, it, there's more to this than just what it seems like in the trailer, which is a guy... And the trailer makes it seem like this is a movie about a guy who... His wife dies, and it makes him reassess his life. And he, in reassessing his life, you know, he gets new kind of clarity on his life. And it, it kind of is that. But what what it's actually is happening is... He's essentially having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, sure. His wife dies, he then kind of goes into this state that he then thinks he's always been in. He thinks he's always been not been able to notice things that are going on, that he's been coasting through life. And um, so, start the movie, his wife uh, dies in a, in a car accident, and he's completely, he's in the car at the same time, and he's completely um, kind of unharmed by it, essentially. Uh, and then he goes to buy some peanut M&Ms um, from a vending machine, and the vending machine doesn't give him his M&Ms, so he writes to the vending company. But he, he doesn't just write to the vending company saying, I, I, yeah, I didn't get my M&Ms. It, it's kind of, it, it, he uses it as almost like a therapy uh, process of writing down, you know, what's happened and everything like that. Um, and then Naomi Watts' character uh, works the vending machine company, then starts getting in touch with it. And he, they end up having a relationship, but not that type of relationship. And he becomes sort of almost like a sort of sort of father to to kid and things like that. And there's a, there's a lot of really interesting things going on. And as it's going through, you are watching it going, "Oh, this is you know." He becomes obsessed with taking things apart uh, because that's the idea: is he's taking his life apart and he's re-looking at it. But then you do start to realise that he's just going further and further down the fucking rabbit hole into just this this desperate state. And then he realises, obviously, that, that this is all part of the process, and it's it's quite heartbreaking at points. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of like gut punches in it. There's, there's bits in it where things come out of nowhere where you go, shit, did not see that coming. And then there's no, then later on something will happen, you'll go, oh, that's that's going to be related to blah, and then it's not. So everywhere you think it's going to go, it doesn't quite go there. Um, it's a really interesting one. Jill is, is fantastic in it. He's, he's really is on top form again. Now, Watts is a little bit too... She plays her character a little bit too uh, flaky. Uh, and Chris Cooper is essentially doing the Chris Cooper thing that he does. Um, but it's, it's, it's a definitely worth a watch. I was very impressed by it. Um, and it it wasn't wasn't quite what I was expecting. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, um, but it was very very good indeed. It is on the list. Yeah, I, I don't watch it, but yeah, it's there's a few moments where towards I, the, 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 towards where he where he, he, he starts to realise that the path that he's going on isn't isn't as great as he thought it was. There's a few moments in that that shake you. One in particular, that I won't, I won't do what it is, there's one in particular moment where you go, shit. Okay. Um, so yeah, but I definitely recommend Demolition, absolutely. Uh, it, it, at the moment, it's probably going to show my top ten of the year, I would think. Wow, okay, cool. Uh, cool. And finally, the final movie that I watched this week 
<laughs> I've finally watched Dirty Grandpa. Uh, go on. A movie that I was very, very much looking forward to. Yeah, I watched were. it yesterday afternoon because it, it just seemed like a movie that you had to watch on an afternoon rather than an evening. Hang, on, hang on, I just need to check something. I just need to check something. Don? I'm probably about to swear really heavily at Mark. Um, <laughs> no, you can't hear me, can't you? Okay, alright. Go on, Mark. Have you seen this yet? No. <laughs> right. Um, so, Dirty Grandpa, for anyone who doesn't know uh, the plot, um, eventually Robert De Niro's wife dies. Uh they always used to go at this certain week um, to uh, their holiday home in uh, Boca in Florida, uh, and they were scheduled to go what would be the day after, the, after his wife's funeral. He decides he still wants to go, um, and uh, Dirk Mulroney, who is his son, says, well, no, I don't think you should go. And he says, no, I, I still want to go, but I can't drive because, um, you know, the DMV took my license off me because he's got cataracts. So, he says he, he wants um, Jason, who's Zac Efron's character, he wants Jason to take him. He wants, he wants to spend a bit of time with his, uh, his grandson, because he's hardly seen him for years. So, he wants him to take it. And then he keeps using the, uh, it's what she would have wanted, line. And he knows he's using it to be an arsehole. So, the next morning, Zac Efron, who is a, uh, a corporate lawyer, works for his dad's firm, and he's in a week's time, about to get married um, to Julian Hoff's character, uh, and he's completely, he's totally fucking henpecked. Uh, he turns up, uh, and uh, De Niro is already a little bit drunk, and he's jacking off. Um, and he's just fucking swearing like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just descends essentially what the trailer gives you, which yeah. is them trying to drive to Boca, but... Um, Daenerys character insisting they go to Daytona because he wants to have sex with uh, Aubrey Plaza's character. And that's it. That is the story. Uh, apart from there's little sort of bits where Zac Efron keeps getting arrested uh, and keeps on having his clothes taken off him. Uh, he keeps randomly getting given drugs that he doesn't know he's taking. So at one point... Um, Jason uh, Matzukas. He was in it a lot more than I thought he was going to be. Uh, is he the plays. beardy dude? Huh? Is he the beardy guy? Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, which, if anyone watches the, the league, he essentially is playing Rafi from the league. He is playing the same character, but he's called Pam. Uh, which is, which, there's a great line there, and you're not going to watch it, so I'll say it in the live. A great line, he goes, Ah, my name's Pam, and they both look at him. They're exactly what's going to both look at him and go, "Really, Pam?" He goes, "Yeah, it's it's, it's a nickname. It, it, it's a short name." Uh, uh, and they go, "All right, what? So what, what's your real name?" He goes, "It's Pamela." <laughs> That's great, man. <laughs> that, that is that is the kind of comedy uh, that is in this this film. Uh, I I don't know how this film got made <laughs> because it, it it is it's just weird. It's so weird that this is Zac Efron and Robert De Niro. Not as much weird that it's Zac Efron, but weird that it's De Niro. But De Niro seeming like he is having an absolute blast with this movie. Uh, I, 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 do you know what? It's not a good movie. It is not a good of movie. Of course it's not a good but movie. But I enjoyed it. 
Am I, am I going to need to see this and then we'll just both get hammered and hash it out? Uh, maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> you will call me an idiot. <laughs> Because I, I know for a fact that this won't be the only time I watch this movie. I will watch this movie again. Right, I uh, I, I, I think you, me and Noel are going to be getting together for um for the Carpenter gig in October. Yeah. And a, a good amount of drinking is going to be done on, uh, on the Saturday beforehand. And I, I think... I, I think we might have to hash it out with uh, Noel <laughs> being the impartial referee who hasn't seen it. Um, yeah. And we'll see um, uh, whose argument is is more persuasive. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone is going to be in Manchester at that time, I'm almost thinking of inviting people to just watch. <laughs> it could be quite amusing, because I get quite defensive over, uh, over De Niro, and now uh, Efron, uh, who I have developed a, a, a total love for. Uh, I, I do think Zac Efron is is a, a fantastic comedic presence, uh, and he's, he's great playing the kind of straight guy within this. Um, it, I mean, there's a great moment where he's, where he's asking for a pair of pants while he's in prison, and they're saying to him, Right, uh, you've got two choices, either uh, blood or semen. And he goes, I'll take the blood. And so they throw the semen-covered ones. And he, he wears a crop top, loads in it, for no reason at all. It's literally just like like, like the makers of the film have gone, we need to have you in not a lot of clothes as long as we can. The thing is, I'm thinking that because we know that my sense of comedy is suspect. Yeah. So might it be that I actually enjoy this also? It, it, there's, there's a possibility that you might go, do you know what, that was shit, but I kind of enjoyed I'm, it. I'm very, very worried that might happen. I'm yeah. very concerned about this. <laughs> it should be. Some of the lines that the comes out with are just fantastic. Um, and um, Danny Glover has a cameo in it where he's literally in it for... 30 seconds, and all he does is um, call uh, Jack Efron a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, like it. I don't think I don't think I'm going to like it. I think we're safe. <laughs> right. Uh, so, very quickly, Ian, uh, Independence Day 2, we did cover it last week, but that didn't happen. Um, so, what, what did we think of it? Ah. Ah. So, over a week, have you kind of have you, has your opinion changed a little bit? Has it has it softened or is it hardened? Not, not really. I mean, it just it's I don't know. It, it kind of is what it is. Really, it's not very good, but it's fun in parts. Um, I, I I I have a lot of time for the, for the original, and I don't have a lot of time for this one. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Um, it's all right. It's not as terrible as everyone says. The first, the first hour, I think, is actually really quite good. Actually, I think the first hour is is entertaining. The second hour is it, it starts to look more like Starship Troopers, but doesn't have the thing that Starship Troopers has of knowing what type of film it is. Yeah, Starship sure. Troopers is intentionally doing what it's doing. Independence Day it is doing it kind of by accident. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's um, 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, like the the older cast, the cast from the first one are fine, even though it does make me laugh that Vivica A. Fox it was in this. Tangent, 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 tangent. I just really, are you in a rush or anything? Or? No, 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 no. Right. The Academy last week announced, uh, basically announced their new list of members. All oh, right. Uh, um, so. And in a, a push for racial diversity and, and for youth, um, they have invited a number of, of people. And I, I slightly wonder, I, I mean, apparently the criteria is that like, they have to be nominated by someone else and then the Academy has to kind of agree on it. Um, and I, I, I think folks like Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan um, are, are, are absolutely, yep, <coughs> that's absolutely fine, totally. Mm. Vivica A. Fox, Marlon and Damon Wayans, and the, 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 the uh, person who directed The Diary of a Teenage Girl... Ma- uh, Mario Hel- Heller, I think, uh, Marianne Heller, I think I want to say her name is. That was the only film she directed, and it was a film festival hit, and that was about it. Yeah, I noticed John Boyega has been uh, uh, yes, asked as well, yeah, yeah, which, um, which I have not come with John Boyega, but isn't that a little bit soon? Yeah, this is, now this is the thing. I mean, there are a lot of people who are being nominated for the Academy or are being accepted into the Academy now who you kind of thought would already be in there. Um, Yeah, like Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, like a jobbing actor, been around for bloody ages. Um, You know, and I mean, to be fair, to an extent, Damon Wayans, I mean, for what he has done for, for black cinema... I, I, I think is absolutely, you know, deserving of a place. Yeah. Marlon Wayans? Mm. I, I mean, like, his work in A Haunted House 2 is is uh, scripture at this point for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, really, I, I just, I want to know, okay, people get nominated, but where it goes from there. And... I, I think absolutely a push for diversity is absolutely is is, is brilliant. But I, I, I mean, then again, I mean, let's let's. I mean, I'm looking at the list now. Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm, okay. Rose Byrne, I like Rose Byrne, okay. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Cliff Curtis is an interesting one. Yeah, Cliff Curtis. I mean. Again, jobbing actor, Carla Gugino, good on her. Yeah, um, Luis Guzman, finally. Yeah, there you go. Dakota Johnson. Yeah, you know, don't wrong, I have no problem with Dakota Johnson, but maybe that should be 10 years down the line. Or Shea Jackson has been in, what, two, three movies? Yeah. Oh, no, hang on, O'Shea Ice Cube Jackson. Yeah. No, Ice Cube. Oh, no, it's Ice Cube. Oh, Oh, I thought it was... I thought it was, it was yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, Ice yeah, Cube, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Nate Parker, who... The birth of a nation is probably going to be a very big deal at the Oscars next year. But 
what what had he done before then? Uh, that already That's kind it. of feels like it's it's I don't know. It's kind of like just saying Martin Starr. Um, That's a strange one. That one. Yeah, you know, it, it's a little. So that's the thing. I'm, 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 I'm trying to say it's not just the diversity and thing, which is, which is, I mean, it is absolutely fair enough. And you know, I mean, the academy is what like a, a ridiculous percentage old white men. You know, it obviously needs to change. Yeah, um, but it that, it kind of feels like going maybe too far the other way this year. In terms of just absolutely getting these people on, even though I was listening to uh, Little Gold Men, the um, uh, Vanity Fair uh, podcast, um, which deals with the, uh, the award season, but they're, they're weekly still. And they were saying that even with this, the percentage of black Academy members has only gone up like 2% or something stupid like that. Yeah, um, but the, the, with, the thing with, is there, they couldn't, they couldn't do a blanket, let's try and get it up to 15, 25% or something like that, because they, they, they couldn't do that because it would have looked eh, too obvious and would have been, it would have been a little bit, uh, a little bit kind of galling really, to be honest, if they'd have done that. It'd have been, they'd have, they'd have been throwing anybody a bone. I mean, Byung Hung Lee, is now a member of the Academy. I could see the reason for that being why, though, to be honest. Really? Yeah, it could be something like that. Because, because you know, he's he's done quite a bit of work. and He's been around for, for you know, a number of years. Uh, it's, it's more the ones that, that kind of stand out to me a little bit are the ones, for instance, like uh, John Boyega. Well, I'm not the against, but it just seems like that's very soon. Um, even to an extent, Hiddleston seems a little bit soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I think that there's a there's a point for that. I the Mario Heller one. I mean, I didn't like the Diary of a Teenage Girl all that all that much, and I I admit that. But that feels weird that mm. she's directed one film and she's now a member of the Academy. That feels like somebody knows her. Well, yeah. Well, well, I mean, Anna Lily Amapur, um, from uh, who directed *The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night*. Again, that it, it it just feels like okay. That was one film that was very very big on on the indie circuit, and I mean, but then again, I mean, like Anne Fletcher, who directed *The Proposal*. It kind of feels like yeah. Fair, I mean, fair enough. That she kind of feels like she should have been in it. Before oh, and she's around, been around for fucking ages. Yeah, Ken Loach. Yeah, there you go. You know, look. Yeah, yeah, no. Pop, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, it's it's just it's. It is one for you then. Sam Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Who was directed Nowhere Boy and Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, there you go. But then again, James Wan. <laughs> Which is, I, I, I mean, which is awesome that James Wan is a member of the Academy, but y- yeah, yeah. But then, but then again, you know, he's he's making he's making interesting films year on year. I mean, uh, well, I mean, Nicholas Winding Refn's in there now, and yeah, uh, the Wachowskis. Yeah, the Wach- yeah, the, Wach- the Wachowskis. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, so th- there you go. I just it's the actor one just seems a bit. Let's get young Scaggle. people. 
you know, I, I mean, that, that, I don't know. And, and maybe it's because they have the most visibility when it comes to, uh, I don't know, press releases or something like that, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, it, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. But then, Very I mean, oblige. I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised that people who have been nominated or won are not automatically, mem- like, given membership. <laughs> oh, my God, Will I Am. There you go. Will I Am there is you a go. fucking member of the Academy. Let, let, let's set fight the whole fucking thing. But, I, I, like, the fact that people who have won or, <laughs> or, or have been nominated aren't necessarily members. Mark Rylance, how was he not just... Just, yeah, how is he not born a member? <laughs> yeah, or, or, or is this list actually... Like taking that into account because thinking about it, Brie Larson's in here. Um, yeah, Brie Larson's in here. There's people who have been nominated before who are on this list, I'm sure there is. Uh, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, there probably are. Yeah, I, I, it just that. The thing I, is, I, I, I thought that, you know, I'm clear, I'm wrong, but I always thought they were. I thought once you got nominated, you were automatically you were in. From, from, from that moment. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, Lexi Alexander, I again, I, fuck, I'm only pointing out women here. I feel terrible. Like, mm, no, I'm sure, bastard. No, but I mean, it, Scott Cooper. But then, I mean, but then again, he directed Crazy Heart. No, no, fuck that. Actually, no, Scott Cooper. I, I don't think he has any place in this list. Boris Chestnut. Yeah, yeah. Which I can, you know, I'm not saying what is it. It's a surprise to see his name in that, but. He, Probably thoroughly deserves it. I mean, the thing, when you go through, you look at it going, do you know what? Yes, that person, that person actually is in it. Rachel McAdams, for instance, deserves it. You know, she's been yeah. knocking around yeah, for, yeah, yeah. what, 15, 16 years now and has paid her fucking dues. But yeah, there are some some weird ones. What are the stars by that? What do the stars by their names mean? I don't know. It's going out the bottom. Of the oh, hang on. Eighteen individuals have been invited to join the academy by multiple branches. These individuals must select one branch upon accepting membership. That's uh, yeah. So, for instance, Ryan Coogler has been nominated as a writer and director. Tina mm. Fey, Alex Garland. I, I, I mean. Well, the thing is, Alex Garland got nominated last year, so there's a point to that. You know, true. But, but, I mean, Tina Fey, what has she done in film? And this is supposed to be... Yes, I am uh, very much prejudiced against TV in this argument, but what has she particularly done in film? I mean, well, she wrote Mean Girls. Yeah, that's it. I mean, she wrote Mean Girls, and she's been in, you know, some mildly successful uh, middle-of-the-road comedies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, how the fuck did we get onto this? I don't know, but it's been, it's been quite interesting. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, it just the act- James Hong. James Hong. Yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. James, I missed that. James Hong. Right. Will I am? Yeah. How old is James Hong now, though? I'm basically younger than I actually think he is. I'm going to look now at how old he is, and he's actually going to be loads younger. Oh, I reckon. Oh man, James Hong's going on. He's 87 years old, right? Yeah. Literally, you are giving him it just so he can be a member of the academy when he dies. That's yeah. That is weird. You know, I mean, James Hong has been on the go for a long time. Hmm. Again, he seems like one that just would have been given it by now. Fuck, man, that's a lot of people being added. 
is, yeah. It like, really is. I mean, like, it makes you wonder, like, what the net amount is. Uh, what? In total numbers. Like, in, in, no, in terms of, like, how many members have died this year, which means that they are... That, that they have to invite this many people. Mario Heller got nominated by both the writing and directing branch. I'm sorry, that's blowing my mind a little bit, that. It is weird. Fuck it, you make one film that does well at Sundance and makes and is critically successful, makes fuck all money, and there you go, you're in the Academy. Yeah. That's stunning. That's stunning. It is a strange one. It does seem to be... The fact, the fact that this is news this year is, 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 is something. What the hell is members at large? Uh, I think they... they I don't know. They, maybe they're ones that have got warrants out on their arrests. Yeah. Well, yeah that's what it'll be. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I do like that Adam McKay is credited as the Big Short and the other guys. I love the fact that they do seem to have done that with quite a few of them, where they've put a serious one and a not serious one. Um, so, for instance, Andrew Garfield, 99 Homes, and The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, hey, Richard Kelly got nominated for some reason. Good on him. Richard, Richard Kelly, who even he doesn't remember that, he's, that he used to be a filmmaker. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so for instance, Eva Mendes, The Place Beyond the Pines, Hitch. Fuck's sake, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. There's some interesting things here. I, 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 I yeah, I, I, interesting. I mean, I... I Good. I mean, good on them. I, I I hope it has the the desired effect. I hope it, it's it's that it, this is a, a pattern that isn't quite as, as as precedented as this. So next year it won't be to the extreme of this, but they will look at it and go, right, we need to for the sake of the academy and for the sake of it not getting boring, we need to make sure that we've got new blood coming in uh, and not just young blood coming in, yeah. new voices. So. Mark Rylance, for instance, there, or you know, a um, Luis Guzman and people like that. These are the the, the ones that are as interesting um, as anybody of getting I, in, really. Yeah, nice. No, I mean, my 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 last thing on this, I think surely you should have to have more than one credit in order to qualify for. Membership to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists. I, yeah. I it just that feels silly to me. It, it, it feels like she knows somebody. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I have a uh, I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. Yeah, but I, I, I can absolutely. To be honest, you know, it does seem like, for instance, if you get nominated as a director, you should have at least directed at least two or three movies. Yeah, yeah. Or, or a writer, you should have written one more than one film. But then yeah. again, fuck, if I liked The Diary of a Teenage Girl as much as most people who have seen it do, then maybe I'd be all in for it and maybe I'm a hypocrite. But it just, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that makes me feel a bit, a little uneasy. Yeah, it, it does seem a little bit. I don't know. Easy. 
Yeah. Well, a little bit Ab- too easy. Abbas Kiarostami died. Okay. Uh, the Palm d'Or winning Iranian filmmaker whose name I recognise. Why do I recognise his name? Well, Michael Chimino died. Um, Fuck, yeah, man. We didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That was a... I mean, let's be honest, he'd not done anything for a number of years and wasn't particularly uh, active uh, anymore. But it is, you know, when you look at... Shit, he directed Certified Copy. Sorry. Certified Copy was a great... Was great. Oh, it sorry. Was great, yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I feel really bad. I have had a few Jack and Cokes, but... Um, shit, sorry, yeah, just, wow, that's sad. Anyway, go, go on, mate, sorry. Uh, so you were just saying about, um, about Michael Cimino, you know, Dear Hunter still ranks in my top ten movies of all time. Uh, we did actually did a Michael Cimino marathon not too long ago, didn't we? Indeed. Um, and uh, yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed, uh, I think, everything we watched of yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I mean, like, Thunder, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot was a uh, particular surprise to me because I didn't know much about it. Um, yeah, and it was a lot of fun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's Yeah, that um, yeah, that was sad. And uh, Robin Hardy as well, you know, I mean, like, it's... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we saw... We, you were at Frightfest that year, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good that he still had some spirit, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, so, right, uh, we don't have any questions um, this week. Uh, well, we filled up that time very nicely anyway. Yes, we did indeed. Uh, Ian, what are we covering next week? The Neon Demon. Oh, of course we are, yes, very nice. Very much looking forward to this one. Uh, I will actually also say, I did forget to mention it in my what I'm watching, but I rewatched The Lost River as well this week. Um, oh, how did you find that? I, I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed it on first watch, but I really enjoyed it on second watch. Uh, it made a lot more sense, uh, and it's still visually quite striking. Um, but it, it, the atmosphere of it works a lot better this time around. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's, it, I think genuinely it's a very good film, to be honest. Oh, very nice, man. No, I'm I'm gonna do me a uh, I'm gonna try and fit in Drive, Valhalla Rising, and Only God Forgives. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and fit in a couple, certainly, before, yeah. before I go and see uh, Neon Demon uh, this weekend at some point. Uh, we've also got, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, uh, actually, uh, we'll have uh, launched yeah. DudeTheMonkey.com. Yeah. Uh, so, we're not, we're not sure how much... We're not going to commit to saying there'll be stuff on there every new stuff every day, or we'll be doing weekly feats or anything like that. It will be something where... We're looking for contributors if people want to write for it and stuff like that. Um, not all going to be film-based. Particularly, um, yeah, particularly for the gaming segment uh, section because, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be doing as much in there as I uh, as I maybe would have done a few weeks back, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, there's also going to be uh, we'll be chatting. The, the podcast is going to be available on there, uh, or links to the podcast can be available on there. We'll be chatting film stuff. So for instance, Ian's going to put some bits of his uh, Kurosawa bits on. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put some on there. There might be some games chat uh, on there. Uh, we're also going to chat some football on there. Yeah, uh, so beers. I'll be getting stuff off my chest, uh, and there'll be sort of food and drink stuff on there as well. So there'll be there'll be beer chat, uh, which I'm sure Ian's going to do, and Noel will probably tip in on that. I will as well. There'll also be some food stuff, which might just be sort of random fucking restaurants. But if you're in Blah, go visit here, or it might even be actually look. This is a recipe for Blah um, that I might put sticks stuff up there, and Ian's welcome to. And 
like I say, we are looking for people who want to contribute to it, uh, get in touch, we'd be happy to receive some stuff to get stuff out there. But it's essentially, it is as much a place where it's not really much sort of news stuff and stuff like that. It's a place for us just to chat shit and have some place to actually write. And it makes sense of it linked uh, to the podcast itself uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking through the uh, the site now, and I mean, even the um, the images that Mark's chosen, because uh, Mark's done the, all the work on the site. I've done nothing. I've genu- I'm not even saying that to be like paying compliments to Mark. I've done nothing, and um, it it looks great. Like the the foot the picture on the football section is perfection, as is the films one, as is the games one. You know, he's got the Mad Max game on there, which is. Uh, which is great, um, and the food and drink one looks lovely, and yeah, welcome to the madness says the title page, and I think that's uh, that's appropriate. It's uh, yeah, I think this should be fun. Yeah, it should be, and that's it. Like I say, we're going to treat it. We're not going to treat it like um, something like say where we're going to and say there's going to be all of this going on. It. It's going to be something that stuff will drop on it, uh, and if we get contributors, that'll be great because it'll put more out there. Um, so if you want to chat, football, food, drink, we're literally going to put anything. Out, out there if something pisses us off we'll, we'll put it on there and we'll, we'll tack it into one of the fucking sections but there, so, there, there's not going to be like any clickbait it's not going to be like no. like we need to get ad revenue or anything like that it's just it's all say what you want yeah you absolutely know. That, that's, that's it you know it, it, it's, it, it's the same place we're going to put stuff and once it's there and it's out that's the cathartic process gone if people read it great if they don't my football stuff is at least get it out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, for instance, this week there'll be there'll be a um, a piece that I've written um, about Roy Hodgson. Oh <laughs> which, fuck! Yes. Which, oh, which oh, is, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Which is me getting, uh, getting, getting a lot off my chest. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. <laughs> cool. Uh, so yes, that was episode 166. Um, and thank you very much for listening, guys. And we shall see you next week. Bye bye.